back with another amazing chapter of the New Testament. Here we are again. I'm Dan Parr, your Bible reading friend, and today on The Lord of the Storm, we are focusing our attention on Acts chapter 7. I'll give you a minute to turn there now in your favorite Bible. I'll be reading from my easy to understand and read or EUR Bible. Stephen takes the teachers to school today. You know, you'd think they'd learn by now because this isn't the first time it's happened. But we see in today's chapter how God once again sends the Jewish leaders someone to speak the truth to them. And guess what? Someone may actually get it eventually. We'll read all about it today in Acts chapter 7. Let's pray. Lord, we know you're always speaking. Help us now to hear from you as we spend a few moments interacting with you through your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts 7. The high priest asks Stephen, Are these things so? He said, Brothers and fathers, listen. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia, before he lived in Haran, and said to him, Get out of your land and away from your relatives, and come into a land which I will show you. Then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran. From there, after his father died, God moved him into this land where you are now living. He gave him no inheritance in it, not even so much as to set his foot on. But he promised that he would give it to him as a possession and to his offspring after him, even though he was childless. God spoke in this way, that his offspring would live as foreigners in a strange land, and that they would be enslaved and mistreated for 400 years. God said to him, I will judge the nation that they will be in bondage to, and after that they will be freed and serve me in this place. He gave him the covenant of circumcision. So Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day. Isaac became the father of Jacob, and Jacob became the father of the twelve patriarchs. The patriarchs acted in jealousy against their brother Joseph and sold him into slavery in Egypt. But God was with him, and he delivered him out of all his suffering, and he gave him favor and wisdom before Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. He made him governor over Egypt and all his house. Then a famine came over all the land of Egypt and Canaan, and great suffering. Our forefathers found no food in their land. But when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent out our forefathers the first time. On the second time, Joseph was revealed to his brothers, and Joseph's ethnicity was revealed to Pharaoh. Joseph sent his brothers back and summoned his father Jacob and all his relatives, seventy-five people in all. Jacob went down to Egypt, and there he died, himself and our fathers. And they had their bodies brought back to Shechem and laid in the tomb that Abraham bought with some silver from the children of Hamor of Shechem. But as the time of the promise came close, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt until there arose a different king who didn't know about Joseph and all he had done. This king enslaved our people and mistreated our fathers and forced them to throw out their babies so that they wouldn't live. At that time, Moses was born and was exceedingly handsome. He was nourished three months in his father's house. When he was thrown out, Pharaoh's daughter found him and raised him as her own son. Moses was taught in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. He was mighty in his words and works. But when he was 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his people, the children of Israel. Seeing one of them being mistreated, he defended him and killed the Egyptian who was oppressing him. He thought that his brothers would understand that by God's hand, he was giving them deliverance. But they didn't. The next day, he went to his people again and found two fighting each other. He urged them to be at peace, saying, Men, you are brothers. Why do you wrong one another? But the man who was doing the wrong pushed him aside, saying, Who made you a ruler and judge over us? 
Do you want to kill me like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? When he heard this, Moses fled Egypt and became a stranger in the land of Midian, where he became the father of two sons. After forty years, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, at a bush that appeared to be burning. When Moses saw it, he marveled at the sight. As he came closer to see it, the voice of the Lord came to him, saying, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses trembled and was afraid to look. The Lord said to him, Take off your sandals, for the place where you stand is holy ground. I have seen the suffering of my people in Egypt, and have heard their groaning. I have come down to deliver them. Now come, I will send you into Egypt. This Moses, whom they refused by saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge? God sent us both a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in the bush. This man led them out, working miracles and signs in Egypt, in the Red Sea, and in the wilderness for forty years. This is that Moses who said to the children of Israel, The Lord our God will raise up a prophet for you from among your brothers, like me. This is he who was with the people in the wilderness when the angel spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with our fathers, who received living revelations to give to us, whom our fathers wouldn't obey, but rejected and turned their hearts back to their enslavement in Egypt, saying to Aaron, Make us gods that will go before us. As for this Moses, who led us out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. They made a calf then and brought a sacrifice to this idol and rejoiced in the works of their hands. So God turned away and gave them over to the worship of stars, the moon, and the sun, as it is written in the book of the prophets, saying, Did you offer to me slain animals and sacrifices forty years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? You believed in the tabernacle of Moloch, the star of your god Raphon, the figures which you made to worship. I will carry you away beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the tabernacle of the law in the wilderness just as God commanded Moses to make it according to the pattern that he had seen, which also our fathers in their turn brought with Joshua when they entered into the land of their enemies, whom God drove out before them right up to the time of King David, who found favor in the sight of God and asked to build a temple for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built God the temple. However, the Most High doesn't dwell in temples made with hands. As the prophet says, Heaven is my throne, and the earth a footstool for my feet. What kind of house will you build me? asked the Lord. Or what is the place of my rest? Didn't my hand make all these things? Stephen continued, saying, You stiff-necked, hard-hearted, and deaf people, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets didn't your fathers destroy? They killed those who told about the coming of the righteous one, whom you have betrayed and murdered. You received the law as it was given by angels, and didn't keep it. Now, when they heard these things, Stephen said, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed their teeth at him. But he, being full of the Holy Spirit, looked up into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God, and said, Look, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and plugged their ears, then rushed at him as one. They threw him out of the city and stoned him. The witnesses placed their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. They stoned Stephen as he called out, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, don't hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he fell asleep. If you have never read the Old Testament, the lesson Stephen lays down on the Jewish leaders at this time is an excellent overview. Stephen goes all the way back to Moses and starts instructing these leaders about their history and how God has worked. Now, what he was saying to them, they knew in part. 
What Stephen is doing here is trying to get them to see that God was always working in the lives of people. And just like the people at first rejected Moses' leader, they too have rejected Jesus. God had come to Moses and he had led them out of slavery with signs and wonders. And Jesus had appeared during their time and had done signs and wonders and was leading all who would follow him out of their slavery to sin and into the promised land of heaven. Stephen goes to great detail recounting all that God had done in their history in order to try to help them see the truth. And then he finally says, you stiff-necked people, you always resist. And that's a term that they'd be familiar with because it's one they would have read in in about 20 different places in the Old Testament. So even in saying this, Stephen is pointing out to them, your ancestors got it wrong numerous times in the past and were told so by God. Here's another time, you're getting it wrong now. And really, they should have got it because here's Stephen, who for all accounts is just an ordinary man being used extraordinarily by God in his words to the leaders. And this isn't the first time that they've seen this. They've had this happen earlier when Peter, a common fisherman with no specialized training, schooled them and they had noted that he had been with Jesus. Now, here's another man doing the same things. But they were not ready to give in to the Lord. So they plug their ears and gnash their teeth and take him out to stone him. And it's interesting that Luke uses the phrase gnash their teeth because that's very similar to what Jesus said about suffering in hell. There is weeping and gnashing of teeth. I think there may be a warning about rejecting Jesus and what it means for these who are. Finally, there's a little foreshadowing that happens in this chapter Luke includes this extra detail about how those who stoned Stephen lay their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. And right after that, he tells how Stephen prayed that the Lord won't hold this sin against those killing him, similar to Jesus' prayer on the cross. So there's a little hint Luke's dropping that we're going to be hearing more about this Saul. If you don't know the rest of the story, I won't spoil it for you here. You'll just have to tune in to another episode to find out what happens with Saul. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you that you have revealed the truth to us in your word. We see that you have continually been working in the lives of your people, and we pray that we wouldn't be stiff-necked when you are speaking to us. For the one who is struggling, Lord, open their heart to the truth, and may they find you if they haven't yet. May you be at work in and through us, ordinary people who are used extraordinarily by you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for stopping by today. And if you would, please do me a favor and share this podcast with a friend so we can get the word out and be part of what the Lord is doing in growing his kingdom. I'm looking forward to our next time together. Until then, God bless.